You're listening to the Regional Update. I'm Jessica Strauss. I'm the Weed Smart Communications and Project Lead. And in this podcast, we catch up with somebody from the regions, whether it be the North, South or Western, each month, and we find out what's happening in their patch in regards to weed control. Let's get into it. You're listening to the regional update, the Weed Smart regional update, and this is our first podcast back for 2022, actually. And so the regional update is going to come out on Wednesdays now, just like the main Weed Smart podcast, and you'll get two podcasts a month. And so we'll alternate each fortnight between the main Weed Smart podcast and the regional podcast. This time for the regional podcast, we're heading to the northern region, and we're going to be chatting with Jim Hunt, who is an agronomist with Hunt Ag Solutions. He's based in Canada in New South Wales. He does join us now. How are you going, Jim? I'm well, thanks, Jess. Thanks so much for being our first guest for the year. Now, just before we sort of get a bit of an overview of dealing with weeds in your region, can you just tell us about the farming systems uh, of clients that you're dealing with? Yeah, thanks, Jess. Uh, Liverpool Plains uh, basically consists of summer and winter cropping. Um, it can be anywhere from 50-50, some clientele and some districts are predominantly summer and, and try and focus on more summer-dominated uh, cropping and, and then other areas of the district probably more focused on winter crop. So it doesn't mean they won't have any summer opportunity, but probably predominantly dominated by um, winter winter cropping because of other constraints, whether it's all type or, or rainfall. That makes sense. And how is the how are conditions at the moment in the last few months for, for farming? Can you give us a bit of an overview? Well, I'm pretty sure everyone be aware of the, the recent weather events we've had since Christmas. We've had uh, significant flooding through the whole district, been inundated of water and right at the 11th hour harvest time. So, yeah, some areas have been totally devastated and some areas have benefited, you know, immensely from it. Summer crop-wise, though, it's been quite beneficial for sorghum. You know, outlook for sorghum yield is probably above average, but uh, but other crops, particularly cotton, that's that's really set them back and extended the window for them before we'll get to pick them. So that could cause a lot of complications later in the season around picking time. Yeah, it's very complicated with big weather events like that and especially when people are affected differently, some more positive and then others, obviously, as you said, who've completely uh, yeah, lost their property and had massive damage. In terms of a weed perspective, is there anything particular that people should think about with those sort of big rainfall events that have come through? Obviously, more thinking about the people who've just got uh, that uh, rainfall that's helped them with their with their summer cropping, but obviously more rain can lead to more weeds. Is, do you have any suggestions or or thoughts on in that regard, Jim? Yeah, certainly, Jess. Uh, overland flow has, has complicated a lot of our program with weed controls. Yeah, particularly that, that causes restrictions with our uh, residual control of certain weeds. And also, too, you just get inundated with a hygiene issue from weeds like uh, feathertop rose grass and those other chlorous species, which is windmill grass. And the whole district's just exploded with fleabane, but that's more of a seasonal issue where we've had continual rain with those fluffy white seeds that have surfaced seed. And they've just colonised areas that just never seen so much fleabane before so that's uh, the remnants of a wet season but the overland flow issue is more of a hygiene issue where some farms that have controlled feather top roads grass and those real bad uh, grass weed species has now 
just exploded on there. So, you know, we've had to really focus very hard on that going forward and, and potentially, you know, replan our cropping yeah. uh, strategy there with herbicides. And, and yeah, we're certainly going to be mindful of how we're going to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, in terms of the supply issues, like we don't want to be all doom and gloom, but I think it's good to sort of talk about it and, and uh, yeah, get your regional perspective on how that might impact your clients in your area. Obviously, there's constraints around getting fertiliser and, and herbicide products at the moment. Uh, what are your thoughts around this and how it's affecting your region? This is really going to be a problem for us all. And, and yeah, I acknowledge, yeah, there's the supply constraints the whole uh, supply chain but it's it's one of those scenarios where we have to sit down with growers or your clientele and, and uh, just go through the whole cropping strategy and where we think we're going to be uh, the, you know the, the weak areas where we, we think we're going to need products and, and start forecasting so you know I emphasize that you know every agronomist private or commercial should be communicating with the grower and the growers should also be communicating with the suppliers and uh, everyone talk, sit down and try and forecast. It's, it's the only way we're going to get through it. So, yeah, so to me it's a big communication issue and we're focusing on that at the moment. So we, yeah. we can't always forecast accurately what we might need because conditions will change mm. between now and sowing. So... That does complicate it again, and that puts pressure back on the grower, whether they've got to take a position on it or, or buy a product, and then you get to sowing and uh, we can't use it. So, But you're better off to even try and forecast and, and communicate. But if you, if you just ignore it and think it's going to be normal, uh, everything will be right when we come to sowing, well, you'll get a rude shock. Yeah, that's and a good point. We're, yeah, we're all concerned about it, that's for sure, Chet. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, obviously planning for herbicides, as you mentioned, is part of looking forward. But what other things do people need to be thinking about in your region from a weed control perspective, yeah, in the near to medium term? Well, uh, much of our job is to anticipate what weeds are going to cause us problems down the track. And we're not always 100% right, but basically, you know, as, as agronomists, you're going around paddocks, you know, what you're designing a cropping plan. Um, weed spectrums and all that will help you design that because sometimes the cropping plan is designed around a weed issue or you've got a cropping plan and you know you've, you can manage the weed issue with it so we know what products we're going to need and, and yeah going forward but that's the main thing is that you try and anticipate particularly uh, we've got a whole three months of grass control yet to come that I can see and I can envisage and that's going to be complicated leading in the winter. So, um, and I can also see a whole lot of issues with flea bunny that's exploded through the district. So, mm. again, uh, we're up for a whole lot of residual control potentially. We're going to have limited knockdown opportunities because of the, uh, the hormone restrictions that we have in the district. With right. cotton. So, it becomes a lot more complicated as we're going forward. But, yeah, broadleaf and, and grass control for the next three months is going to be pretty critical for us. Yeah, no, understood, Jim. And uh, thinking of even longer term in terms of uh, in terms of weed control tactics that are herbicide and non-herbicide, are there any tactics that you think uh, would be a good fit for your region that you'd like to see more of? 
we have we have implemented a district-wide assault on uh, uh, cultivation at the moment. Basically, we're in a scenario where we've had uh, a wet harvest. Uh, a lot of the paddocks have been butchered from the harvest time. The the weeds just got away from us because we couldn't get on it. Mm. We've got restrictions in products and we've got resistance there with a lot of products. So we've had to reset the system a fair bit through the whole district. So there's quite a lot of clientele that had to resort to cultivation. Knowing that we've got a full profile from the uh, from the weather event that we had, we, we, we made the decision that, well, let's, let's cultivate because for more than one reason, we need to reset the system. So... Uh, so that's happened as well. We've integrated that with a lot of our herbicide tactics. Uh, and the other one is the weeded, of course. The weeded's going around the clock at the moment. Yep. It's, it's attacking you know, those isolator-resistant species with different products. But, <clears throat> yeah, so that's where we're up to at the moment. Great, Jim. And is there any final comments before we wrap things up that you'd like to share with uh, listeners, particularly those people who are in your region and surrounds? Uh, I just say to be diligent with uh, a lot of the grasses that are yet to come through the last, you know, the last half of summer into the autumn, and uh, be prepared for bluebane milk thistle onslaught because they'll. Uh, it's fairly, yeah, it's getting more and more resistance around here, and very difficult to kill. Yep. Well, Jim, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and, yeah, very challenging times at the moment for people in your region with those weather events that have come through. But having you on and explaining things is really helpful, I think. So we really are thankful that you've come on and had a chat with us. Thanks so much. Okay, Jess. Thanks. 